Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. I want to welcome you back to another episode of what I branded Pivotal, since these interview-style segments tackle impactful CPG industry topics and lessons from the business leaders that live it every day. From Canopy Growth acquiring a majority stake in BioSteel four years ago to the rise and fall of the supplement-turned-sports drink brand, I've attempted to contextualize the marketplace data and provide insights that would be valuable to the functional CPG community. But with BioSteel officially emerging from bankruptcy recently with a new owner, I thought it would be important to reconcile some of my kind of what's-next predictions from that last piece of content. And who's better at helping me do that than the new owner himself, Dan Crosby. In our conversation, we cover everything from where the crazy idea initially originated to acquire the bankrupt assets of BioSteel to his first impressions after owning the sports nutrition brand for just over a week. Additionally, we talk about his projected sports marketing strategies, including the NHL deal, and how those will look compared to the last version of BioSteel. Moreover, we explore where the beverage format fits into his strategic game plan, plus sales channel strategies, manufacturing plans, and a whole lot more. This one covers a lot of ground, so I hope you guys are ready for it. But without further delay, here is the recent conversation I had with the new owner of BioSteel, Dan Crosby. So about two weeks ago, I think my last BioSteel content stated two things. One, that we didn't officially have any comments from the acquirer because I don't think at that time the deal had officially closed yet. And then because I didn't really have too much to go off of, I kind of took the liberty of making a few <laughs> predictions on my own. And I thought ultimately BioSteel was probably going to look something like what it looked like before, I guess, Canopy Growth initially invested in the brand. But while I was sharing that content, I kind of threw a third thing in there and asked, you know, the acquirer of BioSteel, Dan Crosby, to join me on camera if he was able to or whenever he was able to kind of freely speak about it and be interested in kind of talking to us. So here we are. Uh, yeah. Welcome, Dan. Thanks uh, for taking me up on my offer. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. So I think we'll reconcile a little bit of those predictions um, throughout this content, but I wanted to kind of first run through 
just where the idea came from on your end to acquire BioSteel. And then also like from that initial idea, like how quick did you have to get that thing into action? And then ultimately, how did that deal kind of progress? So this did not happen from like a, a, a normal perspective, I guess. It, it was more of, you know what? Let's take our shot. If we end up with the brand, whoa, whoa, whoa what are you drinking there, man? Little uh, C4 <laughs> energy. Get up, not, get up, not competing. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so you know, one of my one of my colleagues here, uh, one of my employees, uh, he, you know, he brought it up and he was like, "Listen, like BioSteel is going out of business." Actually, actually, moving back a little bit even more, uh, my IT manager uh, sent me some information on it months ago, months and months ago, and was like, "Hey, listen, these guys are running into some trouble." It'd be, it'd be interesting if you, you know, looked into this to see if there was some sort of thing that you could do with it. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, man. Like, you know, I kind of brushed it off. It wasn't really, you know, we were, we were, you know, getting into Costco with Canadian protein. So it wasn't really on my radar. And then all of a sudden, you know, they file for bankruptcy and, and, uh, I saw an Instagram post on it and, uh, I can't remember if I sent it over or if, uh, my colleague Clark had sent it to me. But we both kind of got together and he was like, listen, like you, you need to take a serious look at this. And I was like, come on, man. Like this is, we got a lot going on right now. You, you, you know, you're not serious, are you? And he's like, no, no, no. I, I think you should really take a look at this because uh, this isn't a situation where it's, uh, you know, a cannibalistic brand that would cannibalize, you know, the Canadian protein products. Um, it, it, it's almost inverted. So we're really heavy with whey protein and vegan protein and, you know, other, uh, you know, single amino acids and, and, uh, sports supplements, whereas BioSteel is more, you know, hydration and 80 to 90% of BioSteel's business is hydration, you know, and then 10 to 20%, maybe not even 20, but let's call it 10% of their businesses, you know, supplements, whey protein, things like that. And then it's the inverse for us on Canadian protein. So it, it's a perfect, I felt like it was a perfect add on to the portfolio of, of what we're, we're uh, of the brands here. And, uh, you know, and BioSteel is also uh, a brand that was a little bit more, it, it's, it's way more mainstream. I shouldn't say a little bit more. It's a lot more mainstream than Canadian protein. It also comes with a certain pedigree of professional athletes behind it and, you know, big time sponsorships, uh, whereas Canadian protein is was absolutely grassroots based, uh, organically scaled um, over time slowly. So it, everything about BioSteel is the complete opposite of what I've done with my e-commerce brand, uh, Canadian protein. So um, it was a very interesting, you know, strategic acquisition that was almost, you know, hey, let's just throw our let's just throw our, our, uh, our hat in and, and see what happens. And if we get it, then great. If not, you know, oh, well. And, and I remember, you know, going through this whole process, you know, thinking like, there's, there's no way we're getting this brand. Like, there's no way there, it's absolutely no way Coke or Pepsi or some big private equity firms coming in to buy this up. There, there's no way that we're going to be ending up with, with BioSteel. And sure enough, here we are. You know, I can't get into the actual uh, process of the deal. 
I, I, you know, they made that actually very clear that I'm still under NDA, but um, uh, it was a very quick process. Um, you know, when the news broke about BioSteel, to give you an example, the deal closed on, you know, November 30th, right? So if you, if you take a look at that timeline, by the time they had to solicit bids for the, the, the buyout or the, the, you know, the winning bidder or the purchaser or whatever, by the time that that closed, I mean, what is that? A couple months? That's not a typical acquisition period, right? And and obviously, given the fact that it was in uh, you know bankruptcy, it's 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 rushed, right? So you know when we were looking at all of the numbers and and all of the uh, uh, you know the background of the deal and going through the data room and and everything, um, you know, it was my perspective when I was looking at these numbers. I, I was like, someone's picking this up for nine figures or high two, high eights. I mean, there there's there's so much brand equity there. They're arguably asset rich, depending on how you would value what they had in, in assets. But, um, you know, here we are and I didn't pay no nine figures. So, um, so, but, uh, you know, uh, but the, the perception is there that, you know, uh, that this was a, a very valuable situation, but I, I, I guess the, um, the value for me in this was, uh, you know, being a nimble, uh, a nimble company, a, a smaller company, uh, a business that doesn't have, you know, dozens of layers to arrive at a decision allows us to, to make decisions very quickly. It allows us to pivot quicker and it allows us to, you know, get in and out of things if need be, or get into things quicker if need be. It allows us to capitalize on, you know, different initiatives, uh, you know, a lot quicker. And, um, you know, as we scale, that's something that um, I I can't stress enough that has to stay uh, within the the business is that we have to maintain that, that, uh, that nimbleness, I guess you could say, for lack of a better term, We, we have to stay, we have to stay nimble because I've seen I've seen from the other side of things what happens when you're not and uh, things happen way too way too slow and the move the world is moving way too fast for you to react slow and uh, you know even for you to react you know you you have to be proactive in this type of environment and because if you're reactive you're already too late so um, yeah it was a really interesting process it was by far one of the most intense processes that I've ever been through. It it was a wild learning experience for me in order to even understand how businesses are valued from, you know, it's one thing to say a business is worth X, but when you're actually, you know, peeling back the layers and, and there's an actual sale happening, uh, the real values start to you know, rise to the surface and, and you start to get a really interesting perspective on what not to do and what to do in order to maximize value for a business if, in, if you're, you know, in the market to sell it. So it was a, it was a really interesting learning experience, that is for sure. And, you know, something that we're going to, you know, leverage moving forward as well. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? 
It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Yeah, and I think that obviously you've done deals for substantial assets, but on, I think, the real estate side. So it's, it's one of those things where like you, you've went through the buying process, but obviously this is much different. And and essentially most of the value of what you were looking at with BioSteel was more around the intellectual property. And a lot of the things that were maybe, you know, again, harder probably to value in the sense of um, they're soft and you're like, okay, I have to believe that these things are are true and valuable in the market. And what I, I kind of loved about uh, you acquiring it is that I think, you have that supplement background that you understood the heritage, I think, of the brand initially and how there was mm-hmm. still a ton of juice there where I think you you mentioned like a Coke or a Pepsi or any of these big beverage portfolios. They probably viewed it as a beverage company. And because of that, they saw, hey, we're going to have to support this with X amount of uh, marketing spend and we're going to need to follow all yeah. these similar kind of um, programs and, and playbooks and yeah. Based on that, it maybe doesn't look all that appealing to us, but you're looking at it from a completely different angle, which ultimately provided you probably with a, with a unique perspective on it and gave you that chance to do it. I think you mentioned as well, just the speed in which your company operates and, and you're able to kind of move quicker. That also helped because this process, yeah. I think I made the, the comment based on, on some of the previous bankruptcies, especially in the United States. I mean, it was extremely fast comparable to um, some of those other, you know, similar kind of brands that were, were just bankrupt. And I mm-hmm. thought hmm, that probably also in a way ultimately, you know, helps you out, helps you out because yeah. of your nimbleness, your speed in which you can kind of make decisions. Now, obviously we're only, I think a weekend since you've officially, or maybe a little bit more than a week than you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, today's 12th day. I took yeah. over December 1st. Yeah. Yeah. So, First impressions, like what are you feeling in terms of, um, you know, some of those hunches you had, like, I'm sure some things have really kind of given you some, some signals through the noise and being like, okay, all right, we had, we made some good decisions here. Yeah. So I'll, I'll touch on something that you mentioned. Uh, I, I might be able to provide a little bit of light on why some of those bigger brands didn't come to the table. I, I did hear from, I guess, an insider that some of, some very big brands were looking at it. The problem with the, and we're talking like the biggest in the world, like I, I'm, I can't mention, but the, some serious, serious players were looking into it. The thing that they couldn't get over was how do you operate a brand that's already losing, you know, $15 million a month? Is that the true cost of operating this brand to only bring in what they were bringing in? Or are we, how are we able to strip away the expenses in order to make it profitable? That's what they couldn't get over me being in the business and me owning, you know, I own two manufacturing facilities. We already make product. I, I, as soon as I started looking at this, I already knew what to do. And, and I don't think that whether, whether or not those other brands, uh, I'm sure other people that were looking at this had the capabilities that I had. It's just, 
you know, how many people deep had to give the the green light to, to pull the trigger on it. Right. Whereas really it's only me that has to give the green light and make a decision. So um, that, that was the main issue with why the potential bigger brand was not pulling the trigger on this situation. And, you know, at the, at the same time too, they're also in the market for, you know, buying brands that work, not ones that don't. So um, that's, that's a little bit more color on, on why those other big brands didn't come to the table, because that was one of the burning questions that I had once this deal closed. Um, you know, I'm in, I'm in the hockey arena still, you know, a decent amount and, uh, you know, just seeing the kids just, where's that bio steel? I want that bio steel. And, and, uh, you know, as, as soon as it, you know, I was at a birth, that kid's birthday party over this past weekend. And they had a couple cases with BioSteel on the table. The kids went nuts. They, the kids were flipping out. They, they, their brains were exploding. Like it, it, was, it was hilarious seeing that. And I, I don't really see that with the other stuff. I don't see that with, uh, you know, the other players in the market, to be quite honest. It's, it's like this little cult following that these kids have for this brand. And uh, I think it lives in hockey. And, that, and, and then what ends up happening is it just spills over into other sports because hockey has this like, grasp on you in Canada. And, uh, and, and, and that's what's most interesting to BioSteel as well as I'm absolutely shocked at the, the number of professional athletes, professional teams, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, all the NHL teams, it, it, the NHL sponsorship isn't, you know, a facade. These players, they, they legitimately consume this product. And I've had, I've had discussions with multiple players with, with multiple agents at this point now where, you know, I open up with, listen, I am not interested in continuing this conversation. If, if he, she, whoever doesn't legitimately authentically, genuinely like the product and, and consume it on a daily basis as part of their daily life. And I have not heard once that that is not the case. And, 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 and this isn't a situation where, you know, I think they're, they're just biding for, you know, dollars. I mean, these guys can go to whoever they want. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that at the end of the day, the reason why, you know, uh, you know, I, I've got their ear is because, you know, I'm behind a product now that is authentic to these athletes. And I think that they recognize the importance of being authentic, uh, this day and age. So, it's it, this this brand is not a facade which you know arguably there's other products out in the market that it is a facade this brand was started in the nhl and it was started for a reason because it filled a void that you know that that was very well apparent in in sports hydration i remember them you know, making the unofficial or maybe it was the official kind of tagline of biosteel being that it was the <clears throat> best kept secret in, in sports which um, yeah speaks to exactly what you were you're just mentioning. I mean, these yeah. these athletes are really taking this product. It's not something where they, you know, ultimately want to sign a deal, you know, collect the check and drink yeah. something else in a uh, water bottle that, you know, they you can't see through and you don't know if it's pink or if it's not pink. I was going to say I I'll even tell you this. I mean, there's athletes that are obviously sponsored by other hydration products. I, I see their orders coming through right now. Like they're 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 ordering this stuff. It, they're not, you know, they're, and they're paying for it. Th this isn't like, you know, I'm not giving it to them for free. I, I, I arguably would, but, and, and I mean, these are like the best of the best athletes coming through and literally placing orders on the website. So I, I see it. 
this and that's that's some of the stuff that i'm i'm most surprised about about this brand is this is a for real uh this is a for real brand and it's really interesting to see that to be honest with you and and i didn't think that um you know i, I didn't think that that would be the case i gotta be honest now, since we're talking athletes and we, we kind of mentioned you know some of the previous i guess marketing or, or focused on sports marketing but in a what I would say, like the highest levels, you know, ultimately spending a ton of money to compete against Coke and Pepsi in the arenas and kind of everywhere and either trying to own, uh, you know, the sports leagues or whatever that is. And, and obviously NHL is, is the big one that was with BioSteel. Um, but I guess earlier in that content that I made, my assumption was, is like, you couldn't continue to play that game the same way. You had to figure out how to bridge from maybe what they did well, but then what, the heritage of the brand did before really well. And then is there some middle ground that makes sense there that we can, you know, keep the brand equity and the awareness high, but ultimately still make money uh, because the current uh, spending or, or just the way that they were doing it just wasn't able to make money. So is there any truth to that? Not truth to that? Have you thought or able to kind of think through like, what is that strategy going to look like? Yeah. So I'm still in talks with the NHL. I'm very optimistic that I, we're going to be able to do a deal. Um, reason being is I think they recognize this brand, you know, is authentic to the NHL. And I think that that's important to them. Uh, we may have to get creative to arrive at a mutually beneficial agreement. Um, I, I can't get, I can't really get into what that looks like here, but I'm willing to get a little creative to continue working with them. And the reason why, you know, a lot of people I've been putting out on social media asking people, you know, how, how important do you think the NHL is to BioSteel and vice versa? And the reason why I'm doing that, number one, is I value everyone's opinion. I'm not that type of business owner that, you know, the, the buck stops with me. And yes, I make the decisions overall, but I want everyone's opinion. And why not take everyone's opinion? Because you're also asking the opinion of consumers that consume the brand. I think that's just smart business, to be honest with you. And the more opinions that you can you can, you know, collect the, the, the more information you have to make a better decision overall. So I think it's prudent of a business owner to do that, number one. And uh, going back to the NHL, I think, I think the NHL has uh, an important significance if you're smart enough in order to, you know, I guess, activate the, the, the NHL's viewer base. And I think that that's something that is going to make or break large scale uh, partnerships and sponsorships. I, I think I think the the NHL partnership is frivolous unless you're able to activate, you know, the, the minor hockey associations and minor hockey teams, and and something that we're going to be working forward or uh, working to put together, you know, within the next couple of days, really is basically BioSteel, you know. Uh, fundraising for minor sports. Hmm. And, you know, the, the way that we're going to do that is, is all these kids are, you know, all these kids, all their parents are all buying BioSteel. Why don't we, you know, uh, you know, create an initiative of, uh, you know, a, a quote unquote fundraiser so that, you know, instead of, instead of parents trying to figure out, you know, Hey, can we, can we put together a golf tournament or can we do this? Or can we, you know, can we get, you know, frozen pizzas or, uh, you know, to, for the kids to sell or, you know, can we get the kids to stand out front of theirs and just like collect a dollar here and there? They're already buying BioSteel 
it's already synonymous with hockey. When you buy moving forward, you know, when you buy BioSteel, you know, through, you know, say for example, the team's, you know, fundraising link or what have you, or program, you know, we're going to offer a kickback situation that, you know, is going to be, you know, essentially funds deposited into your bank account. So we're, we're going to have, we're, we're working on creating a fundraising campaign uh, to support minor hockey, minor sports, you know, across Canada and, and uh, you know, across the U.S. If, if people want to, uh, you know, take advantage of that. And it's with a product that people are already consuming. You might as well consume the product and benefit the team from it. And, um, you know, I think it's a win-win. It's a win-win for us. It's a, it's a win for the, the minor sports. It's a win for the teams. And, um, you know, it provides a little bit of an element of emotional branding where, um, you know, we're no longer having to necessarily promote the product. The product is already sought after and it's already something that the parents feel confident in, in providing their kids. And um, now we're now we're supporting, you know, grassroots sports. And I think that that's something that, uh, you know, if we can get savvy in, in promoting something like that, I think it'd be a big success. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, not that these kids are, aren't already locked in in some sense yeah. of, of trying the product, enjoying the product, but it is a little bit of that, you know, kind of get them early, get them, uh, you know, trusting a certain product, feeling like their performance is definitely improving based around the product. If they're hydrated um, or there's, you know, protein or whatever, the kind of maybe some of the SKUs that maybe will be added in the future, but you kind of lock them into, you know, something. And, and then as they move up, then they become even more influential and, and ho hopefully, you know, kind of provide opportunities in the future. It's, uh, it's definitely, you know, a model that's, that's works. It's, it's tough at times because I think it's, um, you know, it's disseminated and it's fragmented, but if it starts working, it's one of those, I think that creates a momentum and, and is able to kind of, you know, work for you, um, because it ultimately kind of provides you a benefit long-term for that. Absolutely. We were talking a little bit around your background and, you know, beverage, uh, beverage, isn't your name of the game. Um, you know, you're more familiar with powders, um, mm -hmm. and that side of the business and question around, you know, kind of where beverage plays in the short term, um, for BioSteel. Is it something where you're going to roll this back into, you know, the prominent skew being the powder again, away from the beverage, um, or, you know, is, is beverage going to continue and, and you're going to, you know, contract manufacture that part out or maybe buy a manufacturer? Is there any of those types of thoughts you've kind of played around with? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, beverage, I mean, th this right here is, is, uh, th that's a big seller. I'm not, I'm not crazy about this packaging and that might have to be, you know, another conversation. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of hurdles and there's a lot of uh, bottlenecks with this style of packaging. And uh, you're essentially beholden to the, the Tetra Pak gods uh, of, of North America for production. And that's not a good situation to be in. I don't like that type of situation. But, um, you know, for now, we're going to um, I just got off the phone with an interesting, you know, co-pack right now that's going to be able to turn the taps for turn the taps on for us, um, you know, right away. So we're not going to have uh, dry shelves. I mean, some of those shelves are currently dry right now, but you know, we're going to be filling those again and we're going to be turning the taps on with this manufacturer, but long-term the play is to eventually bring everything in house. I mean, there's, there's no reason why I, I couldn't have all of this being made in house. One of the things that we're going to have to get is, uh, 
you know, NSF certified. I do not have my NSF certification in any of the facilities, but that's something that can be done in probably about six months. And I absolutely plan on doing that. But for the time being, I don't want the brand to change because I know how important NSF and the, uh, that certification is to, you know, the NHL, pro, pro teams, all of these professional athletes, and especially universities and colleges. They're also, you know, even high schools. I mean, they're, they're, they're avidly consumers they're avid consumers of biosteel as well and and they take that certification very serious because they don't want their athletes popping for banned substances so the so the game plan i mean it, it is to have the beverage um live on the rtds for biosteel is an absolute juggernaut uh and as an example these rtds routinely outsell gatorade and costco so this is something that absolutely needs to live on you know, we're, we're, we're talking, you know, mid eight figures of just Costco Canada sales for these RTDs. I mean, anybody that turns that type of business away and that type of volume is an absolute fool, right? And, and uh, especially turning that type of business away with Costco is, is uh, you're, you're, you're a fool if you, if you, if you do that. And that's, you know, Costco is, is one of my main focuses for this brand because a lot of these, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, the shoppers that end up on the fields, in the rinks, a lot of this product is coming from Costco. And for me to turn that down is I'd be a fool. So the RTDs will absolutely live on. I don't know about keeping all of the SKUs, but um, the biggest sellers, absolutely. Maybe segueing into different SKUs at this point, but uh, in the conversation, you know, that's, that is something that ended up plaguing the brand a little bit is, uh, you know, having too many SKUs that, you know, would sit, uh, you know, high production numbers, uh, you'd have to then store those. Uh, there's a big storage costs involved in that. Um, because again, we're, we're dealing with fulfillment centers. This isn't in-house yet. Uh, in terms of storage, we have to, in order to keep the, the, the shelves from drying up with product, it, it, I, I wanted to do my best at keeping the status quo and not changing too many things because, you know, I didn't want to, you know, um, go dark during the transition. So, um, yeah, you know, we're still fulfilling out of, uh, you know, third party, f uh, fulfillment centers and, and, uh, we're not doing any of the shipping, which I, I do in house, right. I, I make the product, I store it, I fulfill it myself. Uh, whereas BioSteel is complete third party, but over time we're going to, we're going to transition in, uh, you know, the brand in house for sure. But, um, that, that's definitely something that we're looking at doing is is uh, scaling back the products and SKUs that aren't the greatest sellers and, um, you know, focusing on, you know, 20% of the SKUs that bring in, you know, 80% of the, the, the revenue is what we're going to be doing. And overall, it's going to be a much more efficient play. Before I let you go, one of the things that I, I definitely appreciate <clears throat> a ton and respect the hell out of you for is that... Um, I saw it somewhere where you said, Hey, I'm, you're going to document this whole thing. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like, Hey, I'm, I took a big risk. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to to make this work, this turnaround. This is my, you know, probably your, your biggest swing and, mm -hmm. you know, good, bad, ugly. I'm going to show this process and I'm going to show you guys the turnaround process and it's going to go in the way that you want it to go. But, um, I'm excited. You know, I, I think anybody that's in the business, they love seeing the behind the scenes kind of having that feedback loops, being able to give the customers, you know, a view of what's going on, give them the chance to have some 
to have some input, um, you know, give them a sense of, of ownership within sure. the business as well. I think that's all, you know, super cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think, you know, um, I keep my other stuff. I, I've gotten a little bit out there with how, you know, Canadian protein performs and that's a successful brand. And there's still an aura of uncertainty with, or the unknown with the, that brand. And, you know, it, it was never fully put out there. So for me, um, you know, I, I don't get too much in the weeds with that brand, but at the end of the day, the, the whole BioSteel bankruptcy really, you, you were able to see behind the curtains with it. So from my perspective, you know, if I do a shit job, it'll just end up in bankruptcy again, and we're going to end up at square one. Or if it ends up succeeding, then why not just document it? And I don't have any plans on hitting bankruptcy again. So I might as well, you know, take people through the process, collect valuable feedback from, you know, uh, consumers of the, of the product, uh, you know, smart minds in the industry, like your, you know, like yourself. And, and I, I, you know, I might as well get that information so that I can, I can make a better go of it. And I, I think it's interesting as well. I'd probably pay attention to it. The only thing that I'm wrestling with right now is I'm so busy that, you know, trying to, when I'm in the thick of it, you know, you know, getting myself on camera and trying to document it is really the last thing that I'm thinking about, or, you know, I'm pissed off or, or this is going on. And, and, and this, these are like conversations that I can't have, you know, openly because they're, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're sensitive conversations. So it's, it's a little bit kind of, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not having a hard time per se. It's I'm, I'm having an interesting time trying to figure out how to navigate that and get people, uh, that behind the scenes look with, with it being interesting while also, you know, informative and not too, um, you know, not too dry and, you know, you know, adding a little bit of color. And, you know, I know people are always probably interested in the financial side of things, which I have no problem sharing as well. I've, I've, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to make a video today about the first week of, you know, how the website performed and, um, you know, that might be interesting for people to see. And yeah, we're, we're, ma we're, we're doing all the right things at, at least this far. And, um, it's the nimbleness of, of our team that's been able to, to do this. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting, uh, scenario. One of the, I will say this, you know, I come from the world of e-commerce and, the whole retail sector, I don't have too, too much experience with, you know, we make, we make uh, protein products for Rexall and we private label their products and we're in Costco and, you know, we have a few hundred, you know, mom and pop retailers, you know, gyms, juice box, juice bars and things like that. But um, these large scale retailers, the, the world of retail is an, an absolute different animal and it's not something that I'm used to. It's something that I'm, excited to you know challenge myself with but um yeah man it's it's something it's something and uh you know that that's why i ended up that's why i ended up uh you know watching your video because you offered some interesting takes on you know the retail world which is you know new to me and uh you know i find it you know i find it fascinating and but at the end of the day i mean if if you want your brand to grow you know, you, you've got to, like you said, you know, before you got to pay to play and, and uh, you know, that's the name of the game. And um, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I do want this to be brought in house because, you know, it'll, the, the cost of goods that go into this type of stuff will be dramatically reduced. And, and 
I would probably be at a fairly large competitive advantage from the retail perspective and what I can offer distributors and retailers from a, a cost perspective versus the competition. So that's, that is absolutely one of the strategies. And, and, uh, like the like the comment that when i when i wrote to you on uh on one of the videos there about uh you know when you were saying advertising to um empty shelves is that is that the term i can't remember if that was a term you know i that's the first time i ever heard that and and uh, i was like well what does that even mean and uh, i started looking into it and and that might have been what they were doing right you know they had these sponsorships and locations where there was no distribution for the product and people couldn't find the product and that's a big issue right and and uh, I think scaling that back is is one of the the main focuses as well as you know because you know you're also creating product you're also having to hold inventory for those those spaces and and those locations and and if it's just if if you don't have the right activation uh, for those you know the, you know the Lakers and and the Knicks and and all of these you know, team sponsorships that were costing an arm and a leg, but you weren't able to, there was just no product there or people didn't even know about your product. I mean, it's, it's the wrong move. And and I don't know if that was absolutely the case with them. I don't know. You're, you know, you, you would have more, you know, uh, I feel, you know, information on something like that, you know, especially being in the U S but um, you know, for me, it, uh, you have to market to markets where the product is prevalent and, and slowly work into new markets, you know, strategically and maybe even grow them organically before you start bringing on big names. Yeah. I think the slow and steady reemergence of it's going to work out well. And I think you mentioned your background being e-commerce, like you understand, you know, digital marketing and funnels and offers and, and how mm -hmm. that all needs to kind of align and get people through you know, discovery down to purchase and, and back through retention. And, and I think that it's not any different. It's just that you ultimately are working through other business models or, or distribution models or retail mm -hmm. models that you have to kind of figure out a way of like, okay, this is the same as this, or this is, you know, that's kind of how I always explain it to clients is like that they that have a background in e-com that are moving into to retail is like, they're all the same things, but different. Um, and it's just a matter of understanding them through what you've worked and done so well for a long time. You go, it starts to make sense when it's translated through that language over just, mm. you know, it sounds like it's this crazy stuff that nobody's ever heard of, but, um, yeah, and yeah. I, appreciate all the time. World. Um, I, I appreciate the chat and everything. I'm glad that we got to, uh, jam about some of this stuff. I, I obviously wish you the best of best I of appreciate luck. That. Um, if I could ever help you in any way, you know, I'm here. Yeah. I might reach out. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate the, I appreciate the content and the, the opinions online. And, you know, obviously that, that got my attention, you know, early on, even before I actually owned the brand. And I was, I was curious to know your opinions and I, I love opinions from, I don't care who you are. I, I love opinions and especially opinions from smart people. So I appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 